What is an artist? An artist is an unhappy being whose heart is torn by secret sufferings, but whose lips are so strangely formed that when the sighs and the cries escape them, they sound like beautiful music. And the people crowd about the artist and say, sing for us again soon. That is as much to say, may new sufferings torment your soul. Soren Kierkegaard. Welcome to Becoming Human. And today we have a special episode that was recorded live with the talented John Torrance. Part of my intention in this whole Becoming Human project is that we hear of stories from the folks who make up the world. So we're going to break from our normal conversation and venture into one of the best ways to find our way through life by seeing and hearing the lives of those who are also on the journey. Because there are some beautiful depths often sitting right in front of us that we we just need to take some time and look at. And today, this story is unique because John Torrance is a musician. Uh, He goes by the moniker of the Native Heart, and he plays all over the place, but his original songs often go unnoticed. So this is about undisguising the common stories, but this is also kind of a listening room where we get to hear John's story and also hear the depths of his compositions. So we're going to hear a few of these original tunes, but we're also going to get into the background of some of his songs. Uh, we're also going to get into the importance of being musically rooted in the long strain of music history and music theory. We're going to look at the creative process and using stories to create art. Uh, we're going to talk about intrinsic creating versus extrinsic creating. There will be some digs at Taylor Swift and McDonald's along the way because popular isn't always good. And of course, as that quote implies, we're going to talk about the role of suffering in art. Anyway, I'm, I'm honored to have John on. You've heard him before if you listen to the show because he writes most of the music that appears on these episodes. So uh, I think it's time to introduce you to the wonderful John Torrance. And if you value the show, uh, you can find more at tylerkleberger.com. As always, you can support Becoming Human on Coffee, which is ko-fi.com slash becoming human. And you can find more from John at The Native Heart. Find him on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and more. But let's get into it. Let's learn, let's grow, and let's become more human. Well, so my name's John Torrance, if I have not met you yet. Uh, I'm going to be playing some, some original music. I'm going to s- start off just opening with a song real quick, and then uh, we'll get into the whole conversation aspect of it all, so. uh. It was really hard to narrow down which ones I was gonna do. They each, uh, each song speaks a different part of myself, and so, if I would have you guys think about this in one way, this is a song called Pass the Time. I would have you think about it as a, it's not so much an apology song as much as it is a letter to myself. Mm -hmm. 
Sorry I've been away sometimes And it feels like I'm moving on I can feel your breath in the morning When the sky is drenched in the dawn Take me back, take me back to the moment And I'll show you I was wrong But I can't go back, can't go back to the moment And I can't keep holding on I'm alright But the thought keeps crossing my mind Sometimes how you think about me But I do not say a word I tell myself you were right To doubt me, keep the bruise tucked away Under my blood-stained shirt But you in your way Show me faithfully Open arms to hold my folded heart I know I'm not the man I used to be But it's your heart, it's your eyes that see me I'm alright but the thought keeps crossing my mind That I'm not fine And I'm just lying to myself I'm just lying to myself Am I just lying to myself To pass the time Oh, pass the time Oh, pass the time Thank you, thank you. Um, let's just start with some some introductory material, kind of setting the setting the tone, setting the stage of of today. Um, and part of the hope of of this kind of experience is one for the benefit of musicians. Um, I know at least, like, if I'm thinking through the musicians that I know that play gigs regularly, a lot of what you play is cover, mm-hmm. covering a lot of stuff and. Uh, very rarely do you have people show up just to hear, like, what did you create? Mm-hmm. And so we want to try to honor that. Um, but the other part of that goal is to expose us to good music that comes from our community. And you are from our community. Yes, indeed. Uh, I, it's interesting to me because you and I both came to Evergreen right around the same time. Yeah. Do you remember when we met? I do. Okay. I do remember we, that. We had coffee. Yep. Fittingly. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's always coffee. Come to be a thing. Always um, coffee. I actually met or found out about you because uh, somebody had sent me a video. Oh. Do you remember this part? I don't remember this part. Yeah. yeah. No, somebody had sent me a video and was like, hey, this, uh, this guy is, is new around here. Figured like you two should meet. Uh, he's a really good musician. He happened. He's also he's going to be our elementary school music teacher, and so I watched the video, and uh, the first thought I had was like, "Who is this guy? Like, what? This is amazing. Like that. This is unbelievable." The second thought I had was uh, the video. You played Blackbird. Was it Blackbird? That was okay. the Blackbird video. <laughs> and here's the problem: uh, I can hold a guitar. I can sometimes make it make noises. Uh, I was really proud of myself 
when I learned how to play Blackbird. As one should be, yeah. And uh, then I watched you play it. John, I have to be honest, I haven't play, played <laughs> Blackbird since. It's just terrible. No. Belongs to us all. <laughs> belongs to us all. Blackbird belongs to you as well. <laughs> no, so we, we both came here right around the same time. Um, and that puts you at, like, you've been at Evergreen, is that n eight or nine years now? Eight, yeah, I think. Eight this years is eight. now. Seven? Seven. 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 Yeah, okay, seven. Deb's keeping track. I like that. <laughs> uh, you've been here for seven years. Um, and you're, you're from the Northwest Ohio parameter. Yes. Grew up in uh, Norwalk, right? Yeah. And you, but you've been around a lot of different places. Yes. My dad, um, he was in the Navy and served for many decades, and so we traveled around a lot. We traveled around a lot. We lived in Alaska, England, um, lived in, in D.C., lived, uh, yeah, Virginia, all over. Yeah, I didn't know you lived in England. Is yeah. that why you have the accent? That is why I have the accent. <laughs> Actually, I do. There are some home videos of of me and my brothers as kids, and we do have a British accent because we're hanging out of, of, with British people all the time. Yeah. And so we're kids, and we get the slang, and we're talking, and so it's just like we talk like this, and and it's just it's adorable because we're little and with little <laughs> British accents. You should bring that back. I should all the time. I should. My my students will tell you that I go into accents a lot. There's a lot of accents that happen, so the British accent is the thing. Now, you've, uh, you've been a music teacher for a long time because uh, you were at Fremont before you... Yes. Uh, which is a bigger area than Evergreen, bigger school district. A little bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> but why... We don't have to cover the whole narrative of this, but yeah. why are you teaching music classes in a rural school district? Yeah, um, that all happened because I fell in love with the community, honestly. It's, uh, I, so I live in Adrian, Michigan, and we had started uh, helping out with a, a local church in the area, and just my role was to teach people how to become a band to, to, so that, their, so that their, their people could lead the music ministry in that way. Um, the first Sunday that I went, however, right after the service, everybody went out into the city and we were building um, handicap accessible ramps for people that couldn't afford it. We were, uh, there, was, there was groups that were going to paint houses and it was just people doing work in the community. And it, every month there was different projects that the church was doing and I just was like, that is good work. Good work, yeah. and um, we kept on coming back up, driving from Bowling Green, well, Perrysburg, uh, to, to Adrian for about a good two years that's, before. That's like a 45-minute drive, an hour yeah, drive. Hour and hour and five minutes, because my son, my son was three months old when we started, oh. and <laughs> feeding him while <laughs> the other was driving, reaching into the back, you know, because it was early morning commute and all of these things for, it's like ingrained, it's seared into my memory. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so we did that for about two years before we felt, what are we doing? Let me, let, let's move into this, into this space. Let's move into this community. So I um, ended up leaving Fremont, which was extremely hard to do because I love my students, and it was, it was a beautiful thing that 
you know, when you get to connect with other people. And that's just one of the reasons why I just love teaching because it's just mm. interacting with human beings and being able to share love in one way or another. And I love music as well, so it kind of works that I'm teaching music. Yeah. So yeah. You, you moved out this way yep. because of your, your blossoming community, community. Yeah. And you happened to be right when there was an opening for the, the music teacher position at the elementary school. Literally the same week that I told my friend who is the pastor at the church up in Adrian, I told him that I was going to try to find a way. I'll substitute teach at a local school around the area. I'll, you know, we'll do that. That was when uh, the position at Evergreen opened up and it pinged in the inbox. And I was like, okay, that's 20 minutes from this Adrian. Let's, let's, let's try that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so that, that's how you started there. And it is interesting because positions at rural schools, especially for the more specialized positions, don't open up a whole lot. Yeah. So the, the fact that that happened is so cool. Yeah. Um, and then you came in and immediately just had this impact about you. Like every, every I have not heard one person be like, yeah, Mr. Torrance, he's, you know, eh. <laughs> Everybody well, just thank loves you. you. Well, thank it you. is because of this energy that you bring. And um, full disclosure, I have substitute taught in Mr. Torrance's classroom. And I can, I can, sit, I can attest to you, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I have never been so dead tired and like overwhelmed. Just the sensory, just, ah. There's, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of energy. So needed. you, you got to have something to be able to do that every day. Um, but behind all of that is you have this skill as a musician. And um, you, you and I have even talked about, like, there are musicians who are better than you. You also, Definitely. but you are able to bring musicianship with presence in a way that's really meaningful. And I, I don't know that I've met anybody who does that better. That's huge. Thank you. Which is, I mean, partly probably that translates into being able to teach music as well, but uh, yeah, the, the, the way that you're able to bring both of those ends uh, together is, is really cool. And so like when you do a show, it's always a good show. Um, we've had you play some concerts uh, in here in, in the barn and like they're literally, I would rather go to that than <laughs> throw tickets my way for whatever. I would probably rather do that because the meaning you bring into a moment is always unique, special, it's intentional. You do that really well. <clears throat> Thank you. So the, what translates for me there um, is that your songwriting carries that same weight to it. Probably like, so like maybe like six years ago, every now and then I'd, I'd get an email from John. And it would be like, hey, been working on this. And he, it'd be like a clip of you playing something, something yeah. that you were writing. And we would go back and forth of uh, like, hey, what do you think about this part? Or, hey, I, I don't really know what you're doing there, but I like it. Yeah. So I've had the, maybe, maybe it is a special privilege, maybe it's not, of, of watching you create music for a long time and uh, being able to see your process. You've helped me with some lyrics too. There's some, some lyrics that I would throw you away and you would then respond with, well, what about this? And that was really cool. I didn't know that I did that. Yes, yes. Awesome. Uh, we're going to copyright that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm banking on royalties at yeah. this point. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I want proof. Absolutely. Uh, now. Uh-huh. Um, no. So that is really what I want to, to share to make public somehow is can, can we all see a little bit more of your process uh, with the songs that you are writing, the way yeah. that you write them, what inspires those kinds of things. So that's that's kind of what I want to get into. Could we start with the the first song that you played? Yeah, yeah. Like, what are what are some of the moments in that song that deserve more attention? So, um, if it, just taken at, at surface level, I, I don't always like fully divulging everything with a song because I feel like it does belong to yeah. everybody that, that that's a listener, and people are in, internalizing and. Uh, responding in different ways. Can, can we do, we'll stop, we'll give an interpretation disclaimer. Yes. All music is art. Yes. Art has no art. singular transcription to it. Yes, sir. Uh, so, yes, absolutely. There, there's going to be pieces that this is going to evolve and flow and translate all sorts of different ways to all sorts of different people. Yeah. But I am open to going like, but to you. Yes. What does it say? Definitely. Um, but even like, where'd that song come from? What, yes, what inspired so that? That one right there is called Pass the Time. And uh, it, it, taken at surface level, it can seem like it's uh, an estranged apology kind of song. I'm sorry I've been away. Sometimes it feels like I'm moving on. But I can feel your breath in the morning when the sky is drenched in the dawn. Uh, my process with writing is, uh, I love storytelling. And mm-hmm. um, there's always a story that you can find, even if it's not you have a plot, there's characters, there's all of these things. There's still a narrative that's happening. And so it starts off with, I'm sorry I've been away. Like you're, you're coming in midway into a conversation and there's already some context that you're bringing into this. Um, when I wrote this song, this was, like I had mentioned uh, previously, this was, it's like a letter to myself. Um, and speaking to how I prioritize things, what... Um, when I find myself in a space of of being stretched too thin, and I've been there before, uh, it, I want to acknowledge that there's there's a little bit of back and forth. There's some conversation there. So take me back to the moment, and I'll show you that I was wrong. But I can't go back to that moment, and I also can't keep holding on. I'm all right. And the chorus is, I'm all right. But the thought keeps crossing my mind that I'm not fine. And I'm just lying to myself to pass the time. The chorus, I would say, is the, it would be a, 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 the crux of the song, just where, where everything is like, in spite of what's happening in first and second verse, I'm all right, but the thought keeps crossing my mind that I'm not fine. And I'm just lying to myself to pass the time. I, I love that internal dialogue, because I think we all have that. Yeah. In yeah. Uh, the ways, I think that captures the ways that we're not willing to... Uh, make that explicit publicly, yeah. but internally of like, I think I might be lying to myself. Yeah. I'm not going to show that, but I like how you wrote something that goes like, let's go into the internal mind. Because a lot of people will, you know, I think of, um, oh, like Cats in the Cradle, right? Yeah. That's a classic song about like, I'm letting time pass and you know, I'm making mistakes and it's all going to catch up with me one day. But to, to take that, it's, it's almost like you took that same idea and went back to the moment where you're wrestling with it yourself. Yes. And I'm pretty sure we all do that. <laughs> but yep. then we'll go back to the public and we'll edit that piece out 
so that it looks a particular way. It's almost uh, like Robert Frost-esque Oof. Of, of watching, uh, you know, he, he, has, he has some poetry where it's, you, you walk right into the middle of this conversation. It's an argument. Yeah. Well, here we have, we're walking right into, we don't know what's happened. Uh, this argument you're having with yourself, that's like brutally honest. And it almost doesn't matter what the argument's about. Yes. We don't need to know because we all know exactly what that's like. I like that. Thank you. Um, I was it, very, very cold play-esque, <laughs> too. Yeah, that was not done on purpose, by the way. Okay. But when I play songs live, it's, uh, so I, I have a loop pedal, loop station and everything, and so I'll do beatboxing and I'll, I'll play some things and I'll, I'll have it in a loop. Uh, there's an old saying that many of you have heard, there's nothing new under the sun. Um, when I came up with a chord progression, it was just where I wanted those chords to be. That was just what felt, what felt right. Um, and then I started writing it. But when I play this song live, I will oftentimes pair it with Viva La Vida. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I'll also pair it with a Billie Eilish song. Everything I Wanted. And so they all go like this. I'm not going to fully go to it, but let's, where's the cold play? Hear Jerusalem bells ringing, Roman Catholic choirs singing, be my mirror, my sword and shield. That one, so the same chord progression. Right. Not done on purpose. And I changed the key, but it fits. Fits within the whole Oh, yeah. Pattern. It's fun doing that. I, I like the vibe, but is there any intentionality behind the music capturing some of the emotion of the song? Yes. Yes, there is. Um, it, you would, almost, you would almost think that a song like that is going to be this dark, somber timber, and it's not. Yeah. It's kind of upbeat. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, having major chords be what, what, what forms, the, forms the, the general progression and just how it, uh, how it sits. It has a positive feel to it, and then you're paying attention to the lyrics, and I feel like that whole idea of of editing yourself and, and putting something mm -hmm. else in front hmm. is, is where that comes in. Yeah. Because that, that was an intentional thing to not make it. Like just that really, really dark and you can just. Yeah. Instead not. of like, I'm sad. It's, yes. I'm going to make you think that I'm good. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. Like, Oh, so that's all of us. Yeah. Yes, all right. That means now a lot that you resonate. picked that up, man. That's cool. cool. Okay. Um, uh, just generally, is there anything about yourself or your process or your experience that you want to you wanna, uh, add before we start getting a couple more songs? Yeah. Um, it's different every time. Like, I don't have a formula in how I will always write a song. Uh, sometimes I just have a chord progression or a melody line. Sometimes... I set out to write a song because I have an idea and I will try to form lyrics around a concept and I don't know what the vibe is going to be, if it's going to be funky, if it's going to be melodic, if it's going to be whatever it is. Um, so it changes with every, single, with every single song. Some will just be a moment, like this next song. Um, it's called The Feeling. And oh, yeah. this song uh, came from... Uh, 
conversation with a, with a friend and that turned into multiple conversations that turned into a moment where, where he was hospitalized. Um, and this was dealing with a, dealing with a, a drug overdose. And there, oh, were, wow. there were things where he, in our conversations, was building, I could see the regret and uh, the building to this, to this point. And he had struggled with things before, but had since moved away from that, from that mental space. But I could see little things happening uh, in our conversations that were, that were warning signs. And I didn't fully pick up on the warning signs and neither did he. Uh, and he is, he's fine now. Like uh, I say fine, but he's, he's in a really healthy space. Um, but when I had this, uh, some of the lyrics are, don't fill up a house with the boxes of past mistakes. You'll sift through them with your bare hands and leave with splinters and blood stains. That was just the line that, that kept uh, going back and back, back around in my head. Um, because I could see him in a new space, but then every time he would get to a new mental space, he would fill it up with the past mistakes, the, the thoughts, the regrets, and that would send into a downward spiral. So that was where that song started. And then the rest comes from other spaces in my own life. Uh, the part of the chorus is setting fire to the past. It revives me because it never burns the same. Turn the lock, though, and hide that key. The place is always changing, but the feeling, the feeling never changes. Whoa, un unpack that. Yeah. Okay, so the, say the fire line again. Setting fire to the past revives me because it never burns the same. Whoa, that's heavy. Yeah, thank you. Um, the, I don't know how much I want to go into uh, that. It, it, kind of, it kind of sets, sets it up. Uh, when you are are living a life there's there is so much that we can hold on to and they're holding on to things is is good and in other ways holding on to things is very detrimental mm. uh, it just depends you have to sift through that within your own brain within your own spirit within your own heart so setting fire to the past revives you revives me because it never burns the same we can find ourselves in um self-destructive cycles or we can find ourselves in uh, renewal and the 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 hope is that that whole phoenix rising that that revival will be the 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 are you are you using setting fire to the past and like creative destruction kind of means of uh i'm burning away this past thing to lead to something new yes but what about the revives me part because it's almost it almost feels a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. That I just keep on if I just keep on uh, setting fire to the past, maybe somehow that will fix it. Is that what you're implying? Ooh, that's that's not how I initially that's, was doing it, but I, that's, that's that interpretation, my, uh, and I like that. My creative license. I like that. Your that's your thing. creative license right there. Because uh, I just I sometimes see in our culture, it's almost uh, a badge of honor to go like. I think I like that better. So yes, that's what I meant. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, it's almost a badge of honor to go like, yeah, I'm just wrestling with my past still, and yes. I like it. Yeah. 
and, and each time it feels a little different, it feels a little better. Um, but Simply at the same time, it's necessary, mm-hmm. you know. I love that line. Um, what's, gonna, what's going on in the song musically? What are you, what's kind um, of the vibe you tried to make? Uh, I, so music comes, uh, uh, the, the music that really hits hard for me, uh, if you're talking genres, would be jazz and, and the blues, everything that comes from that old, those, those, folk, those old folk traditions and, and Americana and folk music yeah. if you want if you want to put labels on things like that and so those and and the derivatives thereof like when i think blues everything comes from that seed that we know in uh in so much of modern music uh the the, the stylized uh i mean even the father of of country music like country western stuff the father of country music was he his first big songs, they were just blues songs, you know, and he learned them from working with uh, people on the railroad. He was not working on the railroad, but the, there were black musicians that were just, you know, during their breaks, they would be playing the guitar and, and singing it, and that was how he learned how to play, and that was, subsequently became the father of country. That's how Jimmy Rogers is known. Um, and. Uh, Every when you look all over, the, the blues is at the the heart of so much, um, and in folk music and Americana and all of that. So when I wrote this song, I w- it was kind of if I were thinking genre, it would be that Americana. Okay. Kind of cool. Stylized. You want to go ahead and get into it? Yeah. Great. Thank you. Don't fill up a house with the boxes of past mistakes. You sift through them with your bare hands and leave with splinters and blood stains. Setting fire to the past revives me because it never burns the same. Turn the lock and hide the key. The place is always changing, yeah. The feeling never changes. No, the feeling never changes Feeling free Free I built a world Of ghosts and marble walls Heard men say Love will find a way But not before the fall my pride, I know my passion, but it never burns the same. Turn the lock and hide the key. The place is always changing, love. The feeling never changes. The feeling never changes. Feeling free. Feeling free. Swallow the pill Like there's nowhere else to build Don't grab the poison before the light comes on I won't swallow the pill, no Like there's nowhere else to build 
Don't grab the poison before the light comes on. Before the light comes on. Before the Thank so I, I've heard you play that song a lot. Yeah. And never picked up on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, just to hark back to what we witnessed from you before you played the song. You know a lot of stuff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like you're I, I you're like a music stuff. teacher. I get it. But you you know a lot of stuff. How... I'm trying to think of a constructive way to phrase this question. Yes. How much better of a musician are you because you understand music history and music theory? I think that if I were to say that, well, thank you, first of all. Um, I really do love m music and history. And I feel like there's so much that uh, builds me up as a person when I understand where something has come from or I have more context. And uh, when, when learning different styles or, or genres, I, uh, or like I sing songs in some different languages, I, I think there's so much beauty in understanding, mm. well, I, I'll use the word again, context. And uh, so I think I'm able to embody this song uh, in a way that feels more real to me. Yeah, you, you seem to have like this awareness that whatever you're playing, it's rooted in and connected to this large strand that kind of comes from, from centuries even past. Yes. Do you, do you sense that, you know, because I've heard you talk about everything from classical music to Gregorian chant mm -hmm. to uh, folk music. Do you feel like that actually is shaping your creative process? Yes. Yeah? Yes, I do. Uh, when I'm writing songs, I will be able to place stylistically the reason why I would make certain choices. Mm. The next song, uh, like, I'm not, we're not enough to jump into it just yet, but the next song is, um, it takes from... Uh, it takes from Jamaican folk music, like so yeah. reggae and different kinds of things that, then uh, that's just a stylistic choice, but it's not a reggae song. It just, there's certain elements and aspects, uh, even with the fact that reggae music uh, lyrically is a lot of, uh, of uh, protest or bucking up against something that, uh, that, are, that is the powers that be. And this song as well, uh, intentionally does that and when I made the connection for reggae and the lyrics it was halfway on purpose and halfway just kind of fell into that I I really like well when I hear music or watch a film or something I'm I'm the weird guy that goes and reads <laughs> the Wikipedia page yeah, and yeah looks at every detail that I can because it's almost like any, any creative act that you're seeing in a moment is actually the culmination of many yes. that go back. One thing I really appreciate about uh, hearing your music, but just hearing you talk about music, um, is that you're able to go like, and then there's this, 
and there's this, and this person did this, and that's all coming now to this moment. You seem to have this awareness of this huge tradition that you're a part of, and you bring all of that with you. And I, I wonder, I don't know enough musicians maybe to say, but uh, I wonder how many people, you know, perform music all the time, and, you know, they're just replicating what they know. So their, their uh, capability is really limited because it's limited to what they know. Um, and there's no appreciation of like the people who came before them where you do have that. Yes. Yeah, and I, and, and you're, the genres you can go into are huge. Like I've, you, you wrote music for the alphabet. This was for a kid's thing. And you use a different genre for each letter. <laughs> like how many people can actually do that well? <laughs> And, and that, but that's the thing I see with you is you know music theory, music history, and you're a good musician. Is that, would you say that should be a requirement for people who are performers? I don't think it should be a requirement, but I do think that it helps that connectivity aspect. When, well, I mean, music is, is meant to be a communal thing. And when I'm having conversations, because that's uh, something I just did a, a, a gig last night where uh, I had some really great conversations with complete strangers and we were connecting over, uh, over well, uh, they, were younger, they were younger gentlemen, but they were calling out old music and that does not, that's not the norm. And so I was just curious. They're like, they were asking, like, do I know any Jimi Hendrix? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yes is the answer to that. And so immediately there was, like, locked on. And so we were, we were able to talk about a lot of things and then talked about um, old blues musicians that Jimi Hendrix would have listened to. And so yeah. now they get to go and they get to check out some, some old school musicians. And I have this, uh, these, well, new friends. So I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. cool. So I think it helps. The, uh, understanding where everything is coming from and, and being a performer, it, it helps bring everything full circle and makes you a more full person. There seems to be a certain humility. Like when you, when you play, you're very talented. We see that. You also seem to have this proper sense of proportion to you within that longer strand that, that you're one of many. And you're, you're standing on the shoulders of people who did all of this work. You don't have this kind of music had this sequence of events not gone on for centuries, right? And yeah. you're, you're a part of that now. Yeah. yeah. I love the idea of bards, minstrels, people who were uh, like, um, n not minstrel shows like in the 1800s, there's a lot of darkness and terrible things. But I'm talking bards, people who are local uh, storytellers and, and songwriters, and uh, it's a tradition that has been uh, oh, around yeah. for A lot millennia. of what we know about history yeah. is because of that stuff. Yeah. You're interesting, though, because you would have been a bard, but also <laughs> can fight really well. <laughs> so you would have been able to kind of lead, lead the tribe into battle uh -huh. while singing for them. That uh -huh. unique array yeah, of I gifts. I love that image. I love that imagery. I if want we have, to recreate uh, that in Could we way. get that painted? <laughs> John Torrance singing, leading the tribe <laughs> forward. Um, oh, okay, man. so this, this next song yeah. will be a good example of being able to um, see how some different influences have come into one, one composition, right? Yes. All right, let's hear it. What's this one called? So this is called The Fallows. The Fallows. 
This, my boy, is a place to cry. This, my boy, is a place to kneel. This, my boy, is a place for dying on a burning battlefield. This, my child, is a time for whiskey. This, my child, is a time for prayer. With or without the holy in me, carry the weight that's too much to bear and sing, oh, no. High above the battle brand, out of the reach of the moneylender's hand, bearing no mark of another's demand to say, This my child is a time to feel. Test the flames of the tame and the wild. Know the work of a potter's wheel. Hear the call of another's tribe now. If I take my time, then my mind will be swallowed. If I pay no mind, then my currency is borrowed. Yeah. If I climb the trees, then the forest will not seem the same Above the claim of who shook my name The truth is in the fallow Singing out, oh yeah Singing out, oh Lord My love is a holy war, but all sides are wholly torn. Beauty can be found between a preacher's lie and a sinner's bended knee. Don't take my word before you take my hand. I ain't no shaman, ain't no shadow man. But one foot into the light and together we might thrive. If I take my time, then my mind will be swallowed, yeah. If I pay no mind, then my currency is borrowed. If I climb the trees, then the forest will not seem the same Above the claim of who shook my name Truth is in the fellow singing out, oh no Singing out, ooh yeah, yeah, yeah Singing out, oh no Thank you. Uh, John, <clears throat> would yes. you be so kind to uh, pick up the pieces of brain matter <laughs> that are now scattered and tell us what just happened there? <laughs> um, well, before I, I go into it, you should know that this is one of the songs that you helped me lyrically on. I was shooting some ideas your now, way. No, I was trying to pay you a compliment. <laughs> And then you pull out that card. It was. It and now was, I look pretentious. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't even remember. It was, but that, that first line, think of this, my boy, is a place to cry. This, my boy, is a place to kneel. Uh, this, my boy, is a place for dying on, the burning, on a burning battlefield. Uh, even grammatically, crying. I was, I was, I was going to think about crying or kneeling and uh, dying. And it, you're like, hey, what about, you had some ideas and help me out. And that also helped uh, as I was forming the rhyme scheme for the other verses. Yeah. So thank okay. you. Okay. So what, that, that, that was a very visual song. Yeah. Like I, I'm picturing, and part of it's because I said like watching John the Bard <laughs> lead somebody in the battle. 
but like I can picture like there, it was this dark gray scene and some rolling hills and uh, some sort of clad person enduring something really difficult, right? Very yeah. visual. So yeah. kind of walk us through. Can you unpack what just happened there? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> drawing from things like a, a, like a motif from Ecclesiastes where there's a time for everything. There's a time for this and oh, like that. Yeah. And so uh, thinking about uh, there is a place to cry. There is a place to kneel. There is a place for dying on a burning battlefield. A time for whiskey, time for prayer, uh, carrying the weight that's too much to bear. Um, and I'm going to continue on just a little bit more. This, my girl, is a place to stand high above the battle brand, out of the reach of the moneylender's hand and bearing no mark of another's demand. Um, hmm. There's something with the repetition that uh, sets it in your mind, sets something in your mind. Yes. And when you, when you uh, latch onto a motif, uh, this, this repeated idea, um, then it brings you in and brings you alongside. It can mean a lot of different things, um, knowing that, let's take a look at one of the, one of the spaces. Uh, well, the, the, this my girl is a place to stand, what I just was speaking of. Um, there's so many, if you wanna take a, on a literal stance, there's so many, uh, so many things that people bear on their shoulders that is different from other people. Like, I do not know what it's like to, uh, to grow up as a girl, as a, as a woman, and grow into a woman. Like, there's so many things that I just have no, zero context for. Even if you would know the, the literal information, there's just things. And so speaking, this, my girl, is a place to stand high above the battle brand, out, out of the reach of the moneylender's hand, bearing no mark of another's demand. There is a personal situation where um, uh, a, a friend of mine was forced into doing certain things for, uh, and there was money involved, and it tore my heart into, into shreds, like through conversation. Yeah. And uh, what would it be to speak out for somebody and have them feel empowered? And so this line in particular would be about, it, there is a place to stand which is high above the battle brand, uh, out of the reach of the moneylender's hand and bearing no mark of another's demand. Mm. And then each verse will kind of be looking at something different. Yeah. The, another thing I noticed, so there was, th like you can feel the reggae a little bit. Mm -hmm. it, it all, you also have this huge, like, almost Civil Wars feel oh, to yeah. the song. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the song, like I like you point out that repetition, because that that's like sticking with me. Um, but that, I don't know if you call it a chorus. Um, but that kind of melody you sing, I notice each time it kind of elevates mm -hmm. uh, and almost becomes like this anthem yes. that's capturing the picture. The other title for this is Anthem. So, oh, yeah? Yeah. The Fallows, and then in parentheses it says Anthem. Yeah. I, I really, there's something about that song. It has like this air of desperation, but this this almost like a hostile hope to it. Yes. Yeah? Yes, the, uh, the intent, there was an intentionality with the, 
main repeated chorus not necessarily having lyrical content. So after the reggae part, the, which sets up the idea, if I take the time, then my mind will be swallowed. If I pay no mind, then my currency is just borrowed. If I climb the trees, the forest will not seem the same. Above the claim of who shook my name, the truth is in the fallows. And then just having the chorus be, oh no, like singing, ooh yeah, like just, just this guttural res r response. Yeah, and, and it starts out very solitary. And then it's, it's almost like that's the anthemness of it, of it's growing. Yeah. And uh, do you, how much does your past shape what you create? Hmm. Is that something you think about often? Like we, we talked about how you're very connected to the past as tradition as yes. a whole, but what about like your past? My own personal experiences, yes. I will sometimes, because I, like I said, I, I do love stories, I will sometimes write something where I'm putting myself inside of another character and I will write from that perspective. Yeah. Um, and it's not an actual thing that happened to me, but there might be traces or vestiges of something that I can pull from. Uh, I feel like we all do that naturally. Mm -hmm. But um, intentionally saying something like a, uh, like of, of uh, uh, like, uh, I have one song. I'm not. It's not on. It's not on here. But I have one song that I know, written from the perspective of somebody who is going to jail for um, uh, a crime that they committed that they had that they felt. Uh, imperative that they had to commit this crime and it's not really explicit as to what it is or anything you can just kind of get the feeling but that never explicitly happened in my life right what about so one thing i noticed about you is that your music's really diverse you cover a whole range of ideas like you're not just writing love songs but i've heard you play some love songs yes I especially when you're with julie you guys yeah. kind of sing back and forth which maybe next time because that, that's a whole other layer yes. to uh, yes, indeed. Your, your musicality. Um, but you're not just writing one kind of style of song. You're, you're doing all sorts of genres, but also all sorts of content. Cover a wide range of ideas when you write. And you also have this breadth of uh, instruments that you use. I, I remember one time in, in the old barn, yeah. th this is just lots of me like, hey, remember how <laughs> bad you make me feel? Um, <laughs> you were playing, and uh, you had asked if I would come up and play a song that I know. And the one that I was thinking was Wicked Game, uh, a James Vincent McMurrow rendition. So I was like, I, I know that one off the top of my head. That's about it. And I started playing it, and I thought you just needed a break, right? Uh, so you need me to fill in. And all of a sudden, I hear this trumpet behind me, just like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm going like, oh, my heart is soaring. <laughs> and for the first time in my life, this song sounds good. <laughs> I also can't play that one anymore because there's no trumpet. Uh, but like banjo, trumpet, piano, percussion. I mean, almost. Is there anything you don't play? Plenty. There's plenty that I sure. don't. Sure, whatever. Bagpipes, man. I can't do the bagpipes. Yet. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's do that one. Um, but, like, is this a product of, because I know your childhood was full of music. Yes. Um, where's all this coming from? Um, I have always loved creating 
in whatever way, shape, or form. When I was a kid, I would write stories. I just wrote, I made characters, and they, these, they, I, then I, that, those stories just written out on a word processor or just scribbled on a notebook be, would then turn into um, comic books. I would draw, uh, I, I love visual art in that way. Um, and so I would make all these comic books and I have a trove, a treasure trove of like these many comic books and they suck so bad. But, <laughs> but it was uh, just, I just knew I wanted to put something out into the world. Um, yeah. And I made role playing games where I would, you know, cut out little figurines and, you know, have a stack of papers where if you put your figurine into this building, then I have a whole nother folder set out. And so I would lay out the whole bedroom floor and me and my brothers would, we would play and do stuff like that. And, uh, that turned into poetry, uh, radio shows that I would put on with my brothers, and we would act out different characters. <laughs> and then for the music, we would just put uh, our little uh, Walkman up to like a video game, uh, the TV screen, and we would play like Sonic the Hedgehog music in the background. And we'd, it, it was a whole thing. Always about creating, though. And when we, uh, when I, when I, we had instruments around the house, and my whole family, we're all musicians. Um, so there's guitars, drums, bass. Uh, my brother is also like saxophone and all these things are just around. So I didn't realize what was happening as a kid that I was just being exposed to all of this goodness. And then as I uh, grew up, I would, I just started, I, I just started making stuff up just creating, like when I was on the trumpet, I did band for a little bit when I was in middle school, but not throughout high school or anything until like uh, my last year mm -hmm. when I realized, oh, I wanna do something with music. I should learn how to read. <laughs> and so everything with the trumpet was all uh, improvisation. My dad got me a Miles Davis CD that I just mm. tried to copy everything that he did just because something about Miles Davis resonated with me. And I didn't know jazz, didn't know anything. I was just like, I like that, let me try it. Um, so yeah. most of it's just trying, trying things. But creation is, it, and now like you, you still obviously create a lot of music, but you create videos, you create music for different kinds of settings. Like you're still constantly, it's almost like the same John, like here RPG, here's this folder. <laughs> yeah. Look, you went yeah. into that room. It's still like, oh, look, and I can do, I'll make this. And I'm going to learn how to do all of this. And uh, you're still creating all sorts of different things all of the time. Yes. One of my favorite things is creating music for the students that I teach. Many of the songs oh, that they're... So that my, one of my kids is one of those students. <laughs> you know how amazing it is to show up to like a kid's choir performance and be like, the director wrote the song they're about to <laughs> sing. Like that's a, th this past Christmas, you did this whole thing. Where you and there was some theater to it, there was some back and forth, and like you made that. It's it's fun. You, you're not lazy. Uh, we can <laughs> we can agree on that much, right? Yeah, yeah. But the other thing I noticed about you is like you do it anyway. You know, you, you this is just something that you're going to do, regardless. Yes. Yeah. For that re for the reason like so for the school stuff, it makes me excited because. The certain like students will be able to play something written for them, and they'll have ownership of that thing, right. and they'll be able to take that with them. I've had uh, now I've been teaching only for about twelve years now, and uh, uh, but many of my students have graduated and you know graduated college and married, uh, having kids, all these crazy things, which blows my mind. So I'm like, you're still you're still twelve. 
oh, you're not, okay, fine, whatever. Um, and they'll reach out to me saying something that, uh, about a song that we did when they were a kid or, or uh, a student recently got into the Marines um, uh, band on guitar and I taught him guitar in, in seventh grade. Wow. Like that was, That's... and he, was, he just wanted to let me know and I'm like, ah, that is amazing. Yeah. So the fact that that human connection part, I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's beautiful. Let's do another song. Huh? Yeah. What do you got um, next? This one, let's, let's look at, uh, I'm gonna skip around a little bit. This, uh, this is a song about nostalgia. It's, a, it's called Fingerprints. Okay, let's hear it. See me like an open book. I'm loose leaf rattling with pages shook by pen and ink, by swords and men. And I've been here more than twice before, left knocking on that old wooden door. I can hear them singing and dancing within. I'll be the one calling your name. You'll say I'm glad it's you again. wooden frame It's stained with love and fingerprints Yeah, yeah When my soul is settling among the weeds And I feel the pull, it's like it's pulling teeth And I see the boy inside the man Scuffed bony knees have yet to come of age Hands tremble as they try to turn a page Feels like hell's in the cards in his hands. I'll be the one calling your name. You say I'm glad it's you again. This so familiar wooden frame is stained with love and fingerprints. I'll be wooden frame It's stained with love and fingerprints Thank you, thank you. So that's, this wooden frame is stained with love and fingerprints. Yes. You must be a parent of small children. <laughs> yes, yes indeed. Is that where that comes from? Is yeah, the experience of growth? Yes. Growth, time, um, me, uh, me raising children and then remembering my own childhood, uh, placing myself in the shoes of my own parents and what, that, what I must look like to them as a grown man and doing things. Like there's just so many different levels. And yeah. so like that first one, you see me like an open book, but I'm loose leaf, rattling with pages shook by pen and ink by swords and men. Just like we're all shaped and defined by so many experiences that we have and it's, yeah. yeah. I like that. Well, the, the thing, you were. You know, oh, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What's what is that? <laughs> that um, let's see. When I was, I was messing around one time with Blackbird <laughs> by the Beatles. It's a and and when I was playing, I was I was doing some improvisational things. I it's just that same movement where it is and that stuff. Uh, ends on G instead of starting on G. And so I was just messing around with that, uh, that inter harmonic interval. And I was just, yeah. yeah. Is it, it feels playful. Yes. Right? It's also, that whole song had, like the way it starts, has this kind of folk. Uh, I don't know enough about music to tell you what, but it sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, right? yeah. Right? So what was, what's going on to the music? Yeah. Um, Again, it's a uh, putting up again, uh, putting serious, could even be somber, uh, lyrical content with something that does feel boisterous or playful uh, that 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 can that can pull you in. And, and then when you're thinking about, like, when I hear the, the the second verse, when my soul is settling among the weeds and I feel the pull, it's like it's pulling teeth. I see the boy inside the man. Scuffed bony knees have yet to come of age. Hands tremble as they try to turn the page because it feels like hell's in the cards in his hand. That it feels dark. Mm -hmm. But when you sing it and it's, it's set, the setting of the music is there, it, it places you in a, in a different headspace. Um, the, uh, my, a lot of my family hails from like uh, North Carolina, that area. Uh, Buffalo, New York settled uh, my, my grandmother's, but Florida and North Carolina, that's where they had their childhood. And so I feel like they, I just have a lot of southernness th that I embody when music yeah. comes. I mean, the blues, the, the, the folk stuff, like all of that, that rich tradition. Oh, yeah. So um. you say what? I mean, that, that good, travel that road down the, down the pike and that's where that, like all the Motown stuff and the, the rhythm and blues, the, uh, the, the funk side. Like when I say blues in my brain, I immediately lump from, uh, from Robert Johnson all the way to yeah, Jimi Hendrix say. all the way to, uh, all the way to Gary Clark Jr., all the way to, like, uh, when I was learning guitar, I didn't have, like, a guitar teacher or anything. I watched Dave Matthews DVDs <laughs> when I was a kid. And Tracy's learning... Tracy's blushing now. This right here. <laughs> learning, learning how to do uh, all that kind of stuff. Like, all of that kind of stuff was just me trying to be Dave Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> um, Some of my early songs are really, really bad rip-offs of Dave Matthews. Yeah. I can't remember him right now, but I w if I could, I would play you one, I, and it would be terrible. I could give you similar experiences of, like, <laughs> here's this thing I made. I could tell you exactly who I ripped that off from. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so one thing I noticed, though, about your, your music is, like, like, you were just reading the lyrics of the song you just played, and I was going, like, that's a poem. Like, by, you could take that by itself, and it stands alone as a poem, and it's a good poem. You're not lazy with your, your lyric writing. 
But you also don't just lazily throw music into good poetry. You found, because what, what you were just explaining was, this is this dark, somber timber to it. But then I put this music over top of it, and it doesn't feel like that. And the whole thing's about this nostalgia and growth yes. and change, and you can't get that back, but it's always with you. And it's like, oh, you just took really good poetry, and then you use music to add value to it. I don't yeah. know if that, is that happening a lot? I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I, I remember I was 16 years old. That was when I started playing guitar. I um, wrote, because I was already doing a little bit of poetry, which is also very bad, by the way. My poetry is terrible. Yeah. Uh, like, I, just, I, I do have a, I, I have a book, and I look back at it sometimes just to laugh out loud at the face of child version of John and laughing his I face. look at old stuff that I wrote mm. and I was like, you're a joke, man. Mm. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? So um, I remember writing, not as a song or anything, but um, I, wanted, I, I just wrote in the corner of a page, sober love songs. Like, write sober love songs. And love is this driving force between, or before, uh, like, pretty much everything that I do and that I, that I put my hand to. Um, and to write sober, meaning be serious in understanding what it is that you're doing. And, I, I, and that is always just in my, in my head. Hmm. Like when I'm looking at lyrics, I'll write them right off the bat and they're, they're crappy, but that's okay because I don't want to edit as I'm writing. I just want to get it out there and then think of how I frame that as a, as a sober love song. Where does this, where does this fit in? So. Right. Do you, we've had this conversation slightly, but I think it's worth bringing up. I'm going to make a couple claims that I don't have the authority to make. <laughs> You're one of the best musicians that yeah. I have heard. Okay, that just uh, not enough with the gratefulness. Okay. <laughs> uh, you create really good stuff. And yeah. I watch it. You have videos, you have songs, uh, you'll just create live, live performances and things. You're, you're in the top echelon, of, in my opinion, of performers, musicians, okay? It's huge. You and I will both, we share an experience here. Yeah. Not that I am near to your rank in anything, where we make lots of stuff. Yes. And it doesn't get lots of attention. Yeah. Is that disappointing for you? It can be if I, if I, if I dwell on that, that part of it. But I, like you said before, I, I just will create. I just know that You're I need do to it get anyways. something. Uh, hmm. I, was, I was blessed to be able to go on a cruise like maybe 10 years ago, something like that. It was before kids and all these, so longer than 10 years ago. And it was five days at sea, five or six days at sea uh, doing different things, but I didn't have an instrument. And by the end, I was like clawing at myself. Just, I was irritated. I, I, it was like I hadn't, I hadn't properly been eating or something like that. Yeah. And, my, and my, my insides were like, I need to do Musician something. Musician withdrawal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I had never experienced something like that before, and I thought wow. it was so silly. And we still joke about that, me, yeah. uh, me and my wife, but uh, yeah. It's just something that's always, like, I'm not, I'm sorry if this isn't, you'll, you'll make a video, and I'll watch it, and I'll go on YouTube, and I'll, you can see how many times it's been watched, and I will get angry for you. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? 
this uh. this dumb Taylor Swift song <laughs> gets all the are you, and you're telling me John Torrance this thing that he just meaningfully created gets <laughs> that what is wrong with our world like that's where my uh, head goes that's hilarious when I start watching some of this stuff and it's very true like the, this is the conversation we've had of like popular doesn't mean good yeah and and Noah and I uh, Noah Martis a, a mutual friend of ours uh, what the way that I heard him put it one time was like, if we have a hundred things and I put 99 of them toward creation and one towards branding or publicity, mm -hmm. and this person puts, you know, 15 towards the actual creation of a thing and everything else <laughs> just towards that, of course that person's going to be widely known and, and more recognized than, than me. Is that the problem? Or is it a cultural problem of, I, I don't know yeah. what to do with it, but you, you, you resonate with me as someone who's like, we've, we've heard four songs now that are like, those are good, th those are good songs. And then we were like peeled it back and went, oh, and look at these things you did underneath of that. Is it just the fact that there's depth to it? And so our culture goes like, oh, please, I don't want to have to think, just <laughs> feed me entertainment. Is that the problem? Or have you just not done the publicity? What is, what is? I think it's a cocktail. It's, there's a lot of different things going on. Because I do yeah. feel like that, that is part of it. Not every, not the general, if, uh, the, as a blanket statement, people are not necessarily wanting the deep dive, even if they say that authenticity is something that they appreciate. Um, but also, I do think that it's, uh, there's a lot of the, the, the hustle mentality um, Mm. where branding and getting yourself out there, uh, musicians today, and well, artists today, are just faced with a lot of algorithm struggles. You gotta play the game. You gotta play the game. I've found, uh, so one of the things, I, I do love videography, and I, I'm very amateur at it, but I enjoy it. It's another aspect of creation. And so I've been doing these videos on YouTube, and I made uh, a goal for myself to release one piece of video content a week for a year. Which Just is a try lot. try that. Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's, it was a lot of time, but I knew if I put a cap on it, I will, it'll, it'll give me a deadline and I would say, hey, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And so I just actually passed that in March, like late March. I passed that and you know, I might've missed a week here, two or there, but uh, I wasn't gonna, crucify myself over that. I was just like, yeah, this is fine, it happens, life. Yeah. Um, and what I saw was something really cool where, sure, I'm showing up, it's like I'm showing up to work and there's community and people that I'm getting to meet uh, that I wouldn't have met had I not been doing this. Um, people, uh, it's not, nothing has happened exponentially, but I played the game. And so I saw that there was, there, uh, there was moving in, in a needle, but I'm like, I'm, I don't, I can't do that. It's sustainably, so. Mm. Ask a yeah. question, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How much time do you put into that first part of a song 
Oh, the first part Brenda's of the song, saying, DJs first would part use, of the video. You, you know if it's going to work if in those first three or four measures. So how much time do you put into yeah. that? Uh, for, if I, uh, since I was just talking about video, I'll say for video, I do think about that. Like what's happening right at the outset. And that could even be something as simple as you see me sitting with a guitar and then I strum and then the screen goes black and there's a title there. So that there's something already that changed and so instead of just you know, maybe a title in the top or a title in the corner, just something where editing process, and I want to make sure that something grabs a hold. In songs, um, I am not always beholden to that rule just because uh, I am the, the odd duck that wants to like, go to the Wikipedia page and read. And so, so when I'm making music or something, I don't necessarily think about which chords, what chord comes out first and what, uh, if I'm extremely rhythmic and I want to catch somebody right there, I want to let the song speak for itself in the whole. And so that could also be a part of the whole branding thing that I am, that I would be missing from that, from that aspect. The, there's this dual concern. So I experience this mostly within the writing world. Yeah. I'll have articles or essays that I'll write that will be received well, they'll have some virality to them. Those are my least favorite. But I know if I do some of those, then more people might interact with the ones that I actually cared about. And so it's yeah. almost like I have, to, I have to play enough to make it so that this is still possible for me. I get that sense from you too, mm -hmm. where there's almost like I have to do What's the bare minimum I can do here with the game so <laughs> that I can keep doing what I love? Yeah. Do you experience yeah, that same definitely. balance? Storytelling. My favorite videos to make are the ones where I have a concept and I'm speaking on something and I'm able to pair that with uh, a lot of uh, B-roll, like back, background, uh, background images and different things that, that, that kind of draw you into a story as opposed to uh, necessarily just me playing an instrument and singing a song. Um, because my performance when I'm out, that's where I get a lot of that out. Uh, but those story videos are the ones that perform the least, but they, but they give more to the heart. But do an unboxing video and, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I had one strange instance where I, I put out a song and it was, no fancy camera tricks or angles or anything. It was just boom, place it there. And I sang a song and it was an original tune called Breath. I have no idea why, but that one like took off and like it, within a few days it, it had a few thousand views on it. And like I haven't checked on it in a few months, but like the last time it was around like 40,000. And when I say that, that that's the actual good number in my in my mind, because normally it's, it would be like, you know, 50, 60, 30, 10, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So seeing something like that and with it being an original song as well, and it's not something you can replicate because then obviously I put out a few other right. ones where I was oh, but that, original music. That'll and happen where I'll write an article that's like, this is garbage, put it out there, and it starts climbing really quickly. Yeah. And that's part of an algorithm that as yes. soon as you hit one part of a climb, it's going to keep going. Yep. And then I'm like, okay. Well, I might as well replicate that now because it's doing well. <laughs> and then I try, and then eventually it's like, I'm burnout. Back to what I want to do. 
and but that that balance of like how much do you do out here how much do you sell your soul mm. you know mm-hmm. is that some do you ask that same question i i do and i also want to make sure that i'm not selling my soul yeah and so when i'm when i'm doing these things uh the, the, the videos are, or if I'm, if I, if it is like an unboxing thing, I want to make sure that it, you're still doing it in a meaningful yes, way. Yeah, you do because that. Because there is, I've watched meaning- the unboxing videos. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, there will be like, cause I, I, maybe somebody out there has, uh, will find value in it. Like I recently did one about, uh, one of my main tools when I'm playing out is a loop station, a looper board. And uh, so I wanted to do like me talking more in depth about it because there might be somebody out there who types in the search thing like, hey, what the head rush looper board, let me figure this out. And I actually did have a guy message me being like, I was 80% there and this video just put me about 120%. So I'm getting the thing. And so I was able to watch and then we start connecting yeah. back and forth and he's a local performer in uh, England or something like that and just a small town. I'm like, he's doing, doing the thing that I'm doing and it's, it's just cool. Yeah, human connection. I it, it's it's good because your what you are creating is always I always know that it's going to have value. It almost feels like a comparison of like the ancient or maybe not even ancient but like even 56 years ago the artisanal trade of building something versus IKEA. Yeah. And it's like yeah. no you're building a masterpiece. And it's not going to sell well. But it's going to endure. You know, Ikea shipping out these same dressers all over the place, and they're all going to be broken in six months. But they're selling more, and they're making more <laughs> money. And it, do, you, do you feel like, is there such a thing as, like, artisanal musician? Where you build something with intentionality, and your heart is satisfied because you've put something wonderful out into the world. Uh, the, I would say. Okay, but so, like, you yes. have... Taylor Swift equals McDonald's. John Torrance. Sorry for any Swifties that are that are. That are. John Torrance is Noma in in Copenhagen, right? Like, oh man, are we just saying there's different standards of quality, uh, and so you're not you don't want to be McDonald's, but you're also never will sell as much as McDonald's. Is that? Yeah. Am I on the right track? Is this making sense to anybody? Is this fair? Right, is the goal profit and fame and influence, or is it to make a good thing? And are those opposed? Or, or, but but can, you, can you do yeah. both? Can McDonald's make good food? I don't think they can, because <laughs> they have priorities that make it impossible to do that. And, and, and it's very, like, I look, at, I look at what you do, and it's like, no, 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 you, please, everybody, look. John just made this amazing thing and he did it right and everybody's like too busy sorry we have things to do it's like, ah, what are we doing so i don't know that was probably do you have any more songs I, yeah <laughs> if i yeah can we just all gaze at a masterpiece again? No. how many more Gosh. do you have uh i, I just one more yeah yeah, yeah let's i think do i think i'll just do the, the one more um yeah what's this one this one is this one i think so let me do yeah, let me do this one. This one's called David's Song. This one's called, it's called David's Song. Um, this, 
feel like I've said the word stories so many times, so I'm sorry about that. But again, stories. When I gotcha. think about uh, parallels with, with people that you, that you might know or hear about historically, this one is in regards to like, the, the King David. Um, uh -huh. it, it's not literally about him as, as you'll hear in some of the lyrics or anything, but there's just some parallels of loss that he experienced that I, it helped put a name to something uh, in, my, in my mind and in my heart. Um, so is this song kind of inviting us to enter into the imagination of yes. this David character? Yeah. Okay. What, what are some things we should look for? Maybe some lyrics or some stuff you're going to do musically? Yeah. Um, so there's a beautiful song by Leonard Cohen called Hallelujah that talks about uh, a lot of a lot of layers. There's a lot of things that it actually talks about. But um, one of the stylistic things that I do when I play that song is there's just a little bit of uh, finger finger picking and and all that, and it, it it kind of is a sensitive thing as the song starts off before it swells to. Mm. Uh, uh, a state of bigness, I'll say. I'll just say bigness. That's a technical um, term. I it like is that. a technical term. <laughs> um, and so when I started writing this song, uh, and, you know, this, heard there was a secret chord, and you know, David played in it, please the Lord. And the word, you know, David's in there. And so when I started uh, writing this song, David was just in my head, and then more and more came out. I wrote this song actually in a period of about 15 minutes. 15, 20 minutes. Wow. That's not a normal thing. Usually sure. it's something that takes a lot of time and, and days I'll come back to it and I'll hedge it in and I'll just do different things. But there was a very, uh, just a, a, we all experience loss. This one comes from a space of loss and not necessarily uh, at this time, at the time of writing this, not a full redemption, not, not anything, but yeah, just kind of inviting you into this, into that story. Okay. So. I thought the mountains around me were only shadows in my head. When I started to climb them, they were as real as death. The world is smaller than forever, but not by much. And love is like an arrow, even from afar it can pierce with the right touch. I don't know quite who he is, a brother or a long lost friend. All I know is it was hard to let him go and we ain't never even met. I wore his patch like a badge of honor, ash upon my head. The bells are quiet till they ring at midnight, the warning signs in my chest. I saw my brother rise from the water, baptism dreams. He 
said, are we really just sons and daughters living above our means? He said, are we really just sons and daughters living above our means? I'm only going over Jordan. I'm only going back home to tell you we didn't need it when you shook our weary bones. Thank you, thank you. Is there anything? Yeah, uh, well, if I were to say it for writing. That, that one just felt like a poem. Yeah. A really melodic poem. Yeah, that's good, thank you. This, there were, uh, again, the idea of motifs, ideas, images that you can grab that might come back. Um, in every verse, there was something that resonated with the historical David. Um, mountains around were in shadows in his head, uh, uh, started to climb them, they're as real as death. So if you want to think about uh, when he was running from King Saul for his life. Uh, the, this world is smaller than forever, but not by much, and love is like an arrow. Even from afar, it can pierce with the right touch. Mm. When he was, again, fleeing Saul and his best friend, Jonathan, was uh, shot the arrow, and that was the, the whole thing. So e each, each and every, there's, there's something like that that's literal, but there, uh, it's not l actually following his life. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think how much I want to talk about this one. Go for it. Um, life in, and, and it's never, it's not formulaic. There are things that happen that don't seem to add up and we are all left pretty listless and one such thing would be um, even uh, like even something as, as intimate as, as bearing children and the inability to do so and different things that, that, that come into people's lives that it's so wild. And then when you have the promise of something and then having that stripped away from you and you're left with those pieces and what that looks like, it, it, if it can eviscerate what's on the inside, what's, on, what's in the soul. And uh, um, David, even though he, um, in, in a moment of, of, of his life when he had an affair with Bathsheba and lost, and then they, they're, they're gonna have a baby and they lost their child and he was weeping and on his face and fasting and doing all of these things to try to plead for this child's life and in the end, the, the baby was lost. I wore his patch like a badge of honor, ash upon my head. The bells were quiet until they ring at midnight and the warning signs were in my chest. Huh. You wrote that. That's really good. <laughs> Thanks. Like that, in all of these songs, it seems like you've been able to take your experience, generic experience, and then uh, the, the common experience of people, and it's almost like a medium to enter into that. Like, uh, just yeah. as you're explaining that, I have, you know, 
tons of different faces pop into my head. Uh, but then I'm also kind of sensing my own ways that I've interacted with this. Yeah. So somehow you're, it's, it's, uh, it's that Soren Kierkegaard quote. You know which one I'm talking about? I'm not sure. I know, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know. Yeah, Soren Kierkegaard has this quote where he's, you know, an artist is somebody creating from darkness. Mm. And so to ask somebody to, to, to sing is to ask them to cry again where yeah. you're creating things, where you're taking all of this and putting in it something that's taking darkness and making it beautiful. But it also implies that you've had to endure some of that yourself. Yeah. But you're, almost, you're speaking on our behalf, you know? And so we ask you to pierce your lips and cry out again for us because it's so beautiful. Yeah, that one I do have to, even right now I can feel like I'm, on the inside, I'm, I'm like holding back stuff. So that is, that is definitely a thing. <laughs> definitely and, a thing. and I know um, enough about your story, like just to hear how you've interacted with loss. And it's, I, I wonder too, if part of you, John, is like, as you experience the world, you don't just want to create because you love to create or, you know, you're feeling music withdrawal on a cruise because you like music. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's, it's partly you going like, here, I'm taking my experience of the world and I'm putting in it something tactile. And that's helpful to you. And yeah. hey, if that helps other people, that's cool. Yeah. But I'm going to craft this beautiful thing because it deserves to be crafted. And in the world of suffering, I mean, that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. We, we have to make things. It's the only way to interact with the world as we find it. But I also think you are articulating the world that you found or that you've heard from other people finding and you're changing it slightly, you know, because yeah. of what you're making. It's good. Thank you. Um, anybody who might be listening to this, um, what advice would you give them if they're going like, I want to create, I want to write music, I want to learn how to do this? There's all uh, uh, an older adage that goes, uh, you know, I don't even think that would be it one, but the, the idea of writing, uh, writing a, a hundred songs, writing 500 songs so you can have a good one. I would say the, the best things happen when I'm like, when I'm creating something is just when I press record, when I just, when I just do it. Um, and so if somebody does have the desire to write and, and express themselves in that way, put in the time and just stay start. When I uh, look back at the books upon books upon books that I've written of these crappy songs, <laughs> oh gosh, they're embarrassing. Um, yeah. I know that I, I know now looking back on it that I was uh, putting my hand to, to something. I was doing the work. I was putting in the hours so I could get to a particular practical point. So if somebody does have an, an, an aspiration to do something like that, it legitimately is time just writing. Hmm. But also, and what I've heard hearing from you, why are you doing it? You, you don't write hundreds of songs so you can create a bestseller. Yeah. Write hundreds yeah. of songs because they'll continue to get more beautiful and you'll leave the world more. It's, it's intrinsic motivation. Yes. Wanting, do it because you want to. Yeah. Wanting to change, wanting to move the needle in a positive direction. Uh, this happened maybe two weeks ago, maybe a week ago. 
somebody messaged me out of the blue, uh, just somebody that I'd seen grow up and walked with them through some hard times, not that we were arm in arm while this was going on, but I knew that we were experiencing something similar. And she had messaged about a uh, particular song that I wrote that her dad, who passed away, uh, loved the, the music that I created. And so I would send him music as well. Like just uh, when I was writing something, I would share, you know, because yeah. I knew that it meant something to him. And uh, mm. there's one song in particular that she said she listens to and she hears her father's voice, Whoa. like feels that, like there's something there. And it's from a song that I wrote that yeah that meant that meant something you made that yeah and i did that to another person and and but even before that and i did that to you yeah and you got to share that now with another person yeah what are your hopes uh for your music as you keep going um uh for huh. Um, honestly, if I were at a, at a, in a, in a, in a space where I can share more things like this, like this is, is, is great to be able to share and, and hopefully build somebody up. Mm. Yeah. That's what I want from my music is that it would it would build something good, you know? Yeah. Just keep doing it then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we'll all be good with that. We should do this again. Yeah, yeah. You've got way more songs. <laughs> Maybe we could reach back in some of those old notebooks and <laughs> get one of them out, John. Yeah, huh? bust them out. Bust them uh, out. No, we should do this again. Um, in the meantime, for those here and uh, for those who are listening to this later, uh, where can people find yeah, so I go under the moniker, the native heart, the native heart. So on all the social media platforms, the, the Instagram, all, all that kind of stuff, Facebook, you, if you find the native heart, that will be me. Um, also on YouTube, John Torrance or the native yeah. heart. That's and you, you post a lot of stuff on YouTube. I um, do still, yep. Instagram's very busy. Like yeah. I, you got a lot on there. Um, what about like, do you have stuff on Spotify? I do have stuff on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon, all that stuff. Great. And that will be under The Native Heart. Okay. If, you, if, you, if you don't have The in it, you'll come up with Native American um, flute compilations. And that's not what I do. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. The, I, I challenge. Uh -huh. Next, I want to <laughs> see something with that incorporated. Let's see how diverse you are, Joe. Yeah, there you go. Um, also, uh, for anybody who listens to the podcast, John's music is the music that I'm using. And most of that, unless you just haven't told me, like you just sat down and you created and I use it. And yeah. Like there's the, the song that I often use for the intro, Banjos Can Bounce To. Yeah. It's like, that touched my heart deeply. <laughs> that was amazing. Like you took some EDM vibes and some folk music and yeah so good little thing you, you blow my <laughs> mind man okay well uh if you're willing in the room to give john a round of applause thank you
Thank you for having me here. Seriously. Yeah. It's awesome.